0: And this morning, I just really i just we, we both felt to bring a word that would just be if you like a word that would set set us up for the new year um, so it 's not a new year 's message, but it 's a word that should help project us um, and encourage us into our new year and um, I just trust that that what you hear this morning will impact you or ignite something within you that would press you into the presence of God and I want to make this statement this is if you like the title of the message the miraculous comes from the presence of God the miraculous comes from being in his presence if you want to see the miraculous you know we very often there's in church circles it's um don't don't seek his hand seek his face We we potentially, we all need things in life. That's a given. We all need stuff. We may need to have the mortgage paid or the bills paid or we may need more wisdom or we may need help in in times of trouble. We, We all need stuff. But the bottom line is we should be seeking his face, not his hand of what we can get from him. Because when we seek his face, we seek him. And as we seek him, In him is found all the treasures of life. So the key is following him, not following him for what we can get from him, if you know what I mean. So the title today is Miracles Come from His Presence. And what I was going to do is I was going to run outside in my garden and cut down a branch, and I forgot... Then I thought about it during worship, and I thought, I haven't got a sore, so I couldn't. (laughs) Um, So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to read a a particular passage of Scripture that I, in my opinion, think is one of the miraculous, most miraculous Scriptures in the whole Bible, and yet it's one of the wonders that is least spoken about. And if we look at this Scripture together, I'm going to read it. Um, If you follow along on the screen, or if you've got your Bible with you, And it's found in Numbers chapter 17. And it's just an incredible passage. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, So God and Moses are having this conversation. um, And I love this about God and Moses, that they were talking together. That, to me, is just a beautiful picture in itself. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to bring you 12 wooden staffs, one from each leader of Israel's ancestral tribes, and inscribe each leader's name on his staff. Just trying to look to see if there's anything I could use. Phil, could you dismantle one of the mic stands for me quick? Just, just, whilst we're doing it, I'm going to continue to read, alright? It says, um, and inscribe a leader's name on his <coughs> staff. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> um, inscribe Aaron's name on the staff of the tribe of Levi, for there must be one staff for every leader of each ancestral tribe. Place these staffs in the tabernacle in front of the ark containing the tablets of the covenant, where I meet with you. Again, when he says this, when I meet with you, what is he saying? Like, hello, I'm over here. I know Phil's more entertaining over there. That was great. Thank you. So here's my staff, all right? Here's my staff. Aaron, my name has been written on it. We're going to leave it just there in the presence of God for a moment, all right? Because where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in the presence, all right? See, that wasn't just in the Old Testament. Moses knew this as, as being a reality and so real, that when he went into the place of the tabernacle, it was where he met and walked and taught and communed and fellowship with God. We can come into the building, the house of God. We, remember, the people are the church, but we can come into the house of God, and we may be thinking of the food, the football, <laughs> just looking around at a few of the... We can be thinking of a whole bunch of other things, but actually... Here in the house of God, when we gather together, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Do you know how it is so easy to miss the presence of God? It's so easy to get caught up in everything that's going on in our world. The things that we must do, the things that we ought to do, the things that we don't want to do. And yet we miss the presence of God. I don't want that to happen in your life today. Here's my rod, with a name written on it, in the house of God, where I meet with you. Whenever we come together, let's remember, this is where God meets with me. This isn't just our church gathering, this is the house of God. And this is something that I believe we need to grab a hold of. But it goes on and it gets even better. All right? The, um, the Ark of the Tablet, uh, the Ark, um, Ark uh, containing the Tablets of the Covenant, where I meet with you. He says, buds will sprout on the staff belonging to the man I, cho- I choose. So here we are in this situation. Or, uh, there's a load of complaining. There's a load of issues going on in Israel at this time about who should be helping, who should be in charge, who should be doing what. And, and God says, "Look, I'm going to put. I'm, I'm going to give you an answer. I, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm fed up with. It's not you, Phil. It's not the Pompey Chimes this week. It, it, it's this moment of." This is going to reveal who I want in charge. And he's saying, buds will sprout. Can you imagine? This is my wooden staff. It's been severed. And buds will appear on the severed staff. But God's saying this. This See, that's the difference between me saying it. This is the difference between me laying hands on you and God healing you. This is the difference between me saying, oh, it's going to bud, and God saying, it's going to bud. It's the difference between me saying, oh, you're going to get a great job, and God saying, you're going to get a great job. It's so important that we hear from God. How many times do we think we hear from God, but it's us who want God to say what we want to hear? We need to hear what God is saying not what we want him to say. But God is saying, buds will sprout on the staff belonging to the man I choose. When I look around the room today, do you know what? You are a chosen people. That means here, God was choosing one person. For us today, he's choosing all of us. For God so loved the world. He, God so loved me as an individual that he chose me. To be his own. That's beautiful. And that's the difference between then and now. And he said this Then I will finally put an end to the people's murmuring and complaining against you. Poor old Moses, he had a hard task. So Moses gave instruction to the people of Israel, and each of the twelve tribal leaders, including Aaron, bought Moses a staff. Moses placed the staffs, all of them, in the presence of of the Lord in the tabernacle of the covenant you can't see it let me balance it there you go you can see that he can and he brought them into the presence of the Lord each staff each had been separated in the tabernacle of the covenant and when he Moses went into the tabernacle of covenant the next day he found Aaron's staff Representing the tribe of Levi, had sprouted, budded, blossomed, and produced ripe almonds. What is that saying? That God is exceedingly abundantly greater than what we ask or imagine. Yeah. Number one, because He said originally, "I uh, is going to bud." But when God does something in your life, he does exceedingly abundantly. Yeah. So he he says, I'm going to see the full season take place overnight on a severed rod to prove that this is the Lord who spoke. I think it's just incredible. And this, this is why I think it's one of the miraculous events Of the Bible that is least spoken about. Because it went through the season of budding. Sorry, sprouting, budding, blossoming, and then producing fruit. And I believe that's what God wants to do with every life that acknowledges him as Lord and Savior. He wants us to sprout, bud, Blossom, thank you, and, and produce fruit. That's the life of a Christian. We find God, we engage with God, we grow and mature in God, and we are busy about God's business. That is the season of Christianity. And this miraculous event happened, why? Because the branch was in the presence of God. How important it is that we find ourselves in the presence of God, who knows what you're praying may materialize because you're in His presence? How many of you know that that there was a moment in the Bible when that um the house, I believe it was the house where Jesus had gone to and it was packed and he said the power or the presence of the Lord is here to heal. I wonder if our healing will manifest, not when we come to get what we want, but when we're just here to be in his presence. When the finances that we don't have suddenly materialize because we found ourselves in His presence, just like it had no life in it, it had no ability to produce in it, it has to be God. The times that we in our journey as a couple have had to say, we have to believe in God in this situation. Only you can turn this around. Only you can provide. Only you can manifest that power to heal, to deliver, to set free, to restore, to change. But we don't seek God for what we can get from him. We seek God for who he is. And being in his presence causes those things to materialize and produce, to bud, to blossom, and to produce fruit. So we really, we really, (laughs) Jane had a word that she wanted to encourage all of us with. And I wasn't going to say it, but she's, I'm preaching Jane's message. In my way. (laughs) My question today is this. Are we positioning ourselves to receive from the Lord? Are we coming before God with a desire to be with him? In that opening passage, the Lord said to Moses, you know where I meet with you? I, I just love that. That place where I... Meet with you. If the Lord was to walk around in this room visibly today and say, where I meet, I'm going to pretend it's me, where I meet with you, Jeff, and I'm scratching my head thinking, but where is that place I meet with you? The key is we need to find that place where we meet with the Lord. All right? That's the key, the heart of what we were, we were wanting to get across this morning. Are we, Psalm 91, I'm going to refer to it a few times. Are we dwelling in the secret place of the Most High? Are we finding ourselves in a secret place? In our closet, not, not the literal bedroom closet, you know what I mean? In the secret place, in that place where we meet with God. You you may be a, a late at night person and you spend time with God late at night. That's great. You may be a morning person and you spend time connecting with God in the morning. You may be, I can do a bit here, a bit there, and a bit there, and a bit there throughout the day, and you're having taken these moments. But we all need to find our place so that we're in his presence, so that what he wants to do in us, he can do. And I think it's so key to our journey. 2 Samuel, if you've got your Bible again, feel free to turn to it or have a look on the big screen. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. I want to pause there before we finish the rest of the sentence. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. What is David saying here? He's saying... This is, this is my norm. I go and sit before the Lord. I spend time with him. I, I may play on my harp. I may sing a new song. I may um, write a psalm. I, I, but I, I go in and I sit before the Lord. Be still. In a busy world in which we live, where there is life is going at 120 miles an hour, It is so hard to find time to be still and know that he is God. But I didn't say that, he did. And therefore I believe it's something that we need to hear. We need to find a place and a moment in our life on a daily basis where we are still and know he is God. That word know is yada. It is an intimacy. It is a closeness. It is A relationship like a a man would have with his wife. It is to know them uh, like um, Adam knew his wife Eve and they produced a child. I knew Jane and we produced a multitude. Um, (laughs) But it is to know. It is to know one another intimately. And that is what it is with God. He says, be still and know. Are we being intimate? Are we being close? Are we connecting with God in this beautiful way? Like David says, then the king went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? Grace. Even in the Old Testament, grace grace was upon his life oh yeah he made some huge mistakes but there was grace and grace and more grace what is it that keeps you from the presence of god see if david's sin kept him from the presence of god he wouldn't have been able to write that if it was if it was the, 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 the mistakes of his past, the failures that he'd been involved in, if it was the business of his life as a king and, and a soldier, if it was all those things, he wouldn't have been able to say, I go and sit before the Lord. And I believe it was a normal process in the journey of his life. When we take time to be in his presence, we become more aware of the incredible blessings that he has for us. See, this is the wonder of the, our relationship with God. Just say we had a millionaire in our church here. Just, I'm just saying, all right? There isn't, as far as I'm aware, if you are, you need to tithe. That's why I believe there isn't one, right? So anyway, um, moving right along. (laughs) If there happened to be a millionaire in the room and they discreetly gave gifts to people, discreetly, I'm sure within a group this size, we would soon become aware of who we think that person is. The more we spend time with God, the more we become aware of the things that he's already given to us. See, so often we're trying to attain or receive from God the things that we think he may want to give us. The, prob- the problem with that is already given us all things. Listen to this scripture, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him, the, thing, the very thing that we lack is the knowledge of what he's already given. It's not what he's already given. He has given us all things. Go on say it with me. He's given us All things. things. All things. All things. All things. What is it you need? He's already given you all things. If you need healing, he's given you. All things. If you need provision, he's given you all things. If you need wisdom, he's given you all wisdom. If he, if, if, he's given you all things that pertain to life here and godliness, your spiritual journey. It's not either or. You know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, God's given me everything I need in the spiritual. Stop being so spiritual. He's also given you everything in life as well. But the problem is, it is according to... To the knowledge of him who's called us. It's our lack of knowing him. And the way we get to know him is through his word. Spending time in his presence and understanding who he is. It's our lack of understanding that causes us to not understand what he's already given. So when we sit in his presence and we meditate on his word... We begin to see what an incredible gift of salvation we really have. The gift of salvation includes everything. You know, it, it, when we're saved, that word "saved" is sozo, and it means healed. It means delivered. It means set free. It means provided for. Sozo salvation is incorporating everything. That it pertains to life and godliness. But it's through the knowledge that we receive it. Sometimes that's revealed knowledge, as in a rhema or a living word that comes and you think, I know that I'm healed by his stripes. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I am healed. And it comes as a revealed word, a revelation. And, 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 and healing manifests in our bodies as a revealed word. Sometimes healing will come as a miraculous act of God. As an answer to prayer. Or as someone lay hands on you. Or someone anoints you with oil. The miraculous of God. What is that? That is according to his word. Because the word of God says... You will lay hands on the sick. You will anoint them with oil. You will pray the prayer of faith and the Lord will raise them up. A revelation of that truth brings a a receptivity, a heart of receptivity to what God has already done. You've heard me say this many times. Christianity isn't about us doing. It's about us being Jesus' work at the cross was all about His doing. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for the whole world. He died. He rose. He was. He had de- de- He he descended before he ascended, and he led captivity captive. He did it all, and therefore at the cross he turned around and said, "It is finished. Done deal." You don't need to work at trying to be saved. You just need to be saved and know who saved you. There are so many great passages in the Bible about us positioning ourselves to receive from God. This is about positioning. Are you positioning yourself in the presence of God? Like David, he sat in the presence of God. And talked to him. Moses positioned himself. As God said. Where we talk together. I love these scriptures. But this one. I'm, I'm going I'm to use this scripture. As our declaration for our year. And I, I don't know if you've ever taken a scripture in the Bible. And said this is our scripture. This is my scripture for the year. Um, this, is, this is our as a couple, our scripture. Psalm 16, verse 11. And there's three things I want you to see here. You will show me the path of life. The amount of Christians that I hear from time to time who turn around and say, I don't know which, which way to go. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what path to go on. Well, what's it say here? You will show me the path of life. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We take you take you go and find your own scripture. Don't take mine. All right, there are there are thousands in the Bible, but you may want to take mine. You may ours. You will show me, and it's a confidence. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, not partial, not partial joy, not. And now and again, not based on happiness because nice things are happening to me. Therefore, I feel happy. No, no, no. In his presence comes fullness of joy. That means everything around you can be going. (laughs) Everything around you may be going pear-shaped, but you can still have joy why because it's in is this is spiritual thing love joy peace long-suffering patience gentleness meekness temperance self-control what are they fruit they are the fruit of the spirit if you have been born again you have the fruit of the spirit now in you yes you don't produce fruit okay Fruit was imparted to you because the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you. So you have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy. Number two, number two fruit, joy. When everything's going pear-shaped around you and it's like a perfect storm on every direction, that's when you draw from the wells of salvation. That's when you dig down deep and you pull up from inside that joy That is found in the presence of the Lord. You won't find true joy anywhere but being in his presence. But when you're in his presence, you find what true joy truly looks like. And then the third part of this scripture is, At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. At your right hand, see everything, the, word, the, the right hand of fellowship, the right hand with God is always the, the thing of authority. At my right hand, in the authority that is mine, are pleasures forevermore. That's why I'm saying, find your own scripture, don't nick mine. All right, Because this is brilliant, isn't it? You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a great scripture. I'm going to share it with everybody. You can all use our scripture. But don't be lazy. Go and find your own as well, okay? But it's such a good passage because it covers, again, it covers all aspects and areas of life. But it actually highlights one thing. It's his presence are you spending time in his presence? Now, I'm going to say something here that's controversial. Please don't count Sunday as being in his presence because you have six other days before you get back here again. So it's important, you know, if I said to you, right, we're going to eat on Sunday and we're going to fellowship around the word and we're going to be in his presence and we're going to, we're going to munch on the spiritual truths of God. But you can't have another meal until we're back here next Sunday. I can guarantee you, you may come for a week to this church, but you won't come for a month because you have one, four meals in a month. I'm talking about literal food, all right? Literal food. If I said, right, we're going to eat on Sunday, but you're not going to eat for the rest of the week because that's what you do spiritually. That's what some of you may do spiritually. You come on a Sunday, you feed on God, you enjoy the service, but then you go away and it's not until the following Sunday that you eat again or that you find yourself in his presence again. Let me relate it to food. You would not continue in this church. Job turned around and said, your word is more necessary to me than my natural food. What was he saying? your presence is more needful in my life than the food that i eat on a daily basis it's incredible how some elevate being in his presence and others don't and i just really want, we want to really encourage each and every one of us to be in his presence you can't draw near to god without God touching your life. You cannot draw closer to God without the righteousness of who you are becoming more right before him. You can't get closer to God without joy being the thing that bubbles up on the inside. You can't get closer to God and hate people Because the closer you get to love, the more that love is shed abroad to everybody else. The closer we get to him, the more we allow God to touch us. This should be encouraging you to say, how can I find that place? Where can my secret place be? James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. That, yeah, know, I, I know I've used this illustration before, but I can be here, and Jane can be there, and I'm drawn to her because I love her. The key, <laughs> the key is love. And because I love her, oh dear, oh, dear, I have an, emo- an emotional moment. Sorry. <laughs> oh dear, it's been a it's been a funny few weeks. But because I love her, and I love being in her presence, I want to come even closer. And I want to come closer. And I want to come. Co- We've been married for thirty-four years. I never want to take you for granted. Oh, boy, I hadn't planned this. I hadn't thought about this. But isn't that the heart that we should have with God? He saved us. He gave his life for us. He sacrificed everything on that cross. And he says, come near to me. Because I want to come near to you. He doesn't say it because... He's demanding. He's doing it because he loves. And the bottom line with God every time is love. Because God is love. And he says, come near. And the key is, every time I take a step closer to Jane, she comes closer to me. And God's word here says... Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Come on, everybody in this room. Let's make 2023. I told you, it's not a word for right. It is a word for right now. And you felt it was so important for today for this word to be preached. That's why I'm speaking it and Jane's not saying I'll speak the word that the Lord gave me in a few weeks' time. But this is a word for today and for next year and for the rest of our life. Draw near to me. God doesn't encourage us to draw near for his benefit, but for ours. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence are all the blessings of God. In his presence, there is protection. He who dwells in the secret place of the shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He... you go and read it, all right? Psalm 103, I'm going to come to that in a minute. Psalm 103, Psalm 91. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Where are they found? In his presence. Not following his hand, not standing there saying, you, I I, I thought your words, no, 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 I'm in your presence and I'm loving on you And I'm reminding you, I'm putting you in remembrance of your word, not demanding, not like a sport child, just loving on you. And as we do, we encounter his presence. And when we sense and walk in his presence, all these things come our way. Some, no, Hebrews, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith. It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God, see God loves us all so much. Regardless of what you did this morning, regardless of what you may have done yesterday, regardless of what you may have done this last week, you may have sinned, you may have hit somebody you may with a car that is you when you were driving and it was all your fault because you were on your phone and and whatever god still loves you he still loves you we get to the point where we think god won't love me anymore We get to the point where our failures begin to build walls between us and our relationship with God. But God says, my love knocked that wall down. My love extends beyond every wall that you've ever made. My love is constant because that's who I am. And he says this, it's impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God... That's in your quiet time moments, in your secret place. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's the key. You are who you say you are. Don't we sing a song like that? You are who you say you are. And then he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does it mean to diligently seek the Lord? It means, the word diligent means persevering attention. Attention. Constant effort, persistence, desire—it's got to come from a desire. It starts with a desire, then it becomes a habit, then it becomes that consistent, persistent pursuit of God. Running on the heels of our God, chasing God chases. Let's all become God chasers, chasing after the presence, being with Him. Where you are, that's where I be. Where you go, that's where I'm gonna find myself as well. Where you this. Just keep chasing hard after the heels of God. The reward for persistently following God is this. He in turn draws near to us. As we draw, he draws. As we walk, he walks. And then there's an encounter. Our worship nights are just great worship encounters where the presence of God is building in the room. And then there's an encounter moment. When was the last God encounter moment you personally had? Because I don't believe God's holding out on any of us. He's just waiting for you to take that first step. Do you want to draw near to me? Because I want to draw near to you. I tell you what, there's nothing more precious than being known as the friend of God. And everyone in this room has the potential to be known as the friend of God. James two twenty three, Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Isn't that beautiful? Why? Because Moses, Abraham, David, they all spent time in the presence of God. You read the, the accounts of Abraham before he became known as Abraham and they spoke face to face and God spoke the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant with Abraham and he showed him and he revealed to him the things that he was going to do and the, the way in which he was going to lead a nation. And... But it all started out of relationship and connection. Oh, that we would pursue him that we would know him and that we would walk in his ways. Just going to move quickly on. Matthew 6, 6, it says this, But you, when you pray, go into your closet, your secret place, your, 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 your place where you're alone with God. And when you've shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There's reward again. You know, are there rewards? Absolutely. We've just read two where God is going to reward those who diligently seek him. And then when we pray and we spend time in that secret place with just me and him alone, he again will reward us openly. I, I don't know what that reward would look like. Maybe it's the very thing that you're needing, but you're actually just wanting to be with him in that place of intimacy and quietness and togetherness but he says he will reward you openly. Many of us, I guess in life, we have special places where we just encounter life or the beauty of this world. There's not a lot around, but when maybe, maybe it's walking along the seafront and the sun is setting and you think this is just magnificent. For me, it would be sat by the fishing lake not catching the fish, but enjoying the beauty of the surroundings. Catching the fish is the bonus, right? But yeah, just the beauty of the surroundings, the peace, the quiet, the trees, the wind, beauty of what God created. For somebody else, it may be a Costa or a Starbucks coffee with a book and just chilling. But do you know what? We all need to find our place where we encounter Him our place. The place where you you know him and he knows you. That place when you begin to head. For me, it would have been at the end of my garden, uh, re- up until recently, end of the garden, my office at the end of the garden. I just go in, I worship, I have music going. I don't know what my neighbors think of me because music's loud and I sing louder than my music. And, and it's just, <laughs> it must be absolutely horrendous for them. But um, it's at the end of the garden. So uh, anyway, let, find your place. Take time to dwell in the secret place. Why? Three things. I'm going to finish with these three reasons to meet with God in secret. Number one, we need to do it because of intention, intention, intentionality. Intentionality. Doing it on purpose. There you go, that's much easier. We go to work to work. And make money. Most people don't go to work because they enjoy the job. True? True. We, go, <laughs> we go to work to earn money and pay the bills or pay the mortgage or whatever else. I am in that position where I love doing what I love to do. And I don't believe this is work. This is a calling, and it's completely different. And we've said, if miraculously someone handed us uh, a fifty million pound lucky dip, whatever, and we won, we would still be here the week after, and the week after, and the week after, and forever and eternity. And God moves us on. Why? Because this is not about payment. This is about calling. But intentionality. Going to work. To make money, We go to the gym to exercise and keep fit. We go to the secret place to meet with God, not to get what we can from God. That's the difference. When you go into your closet and you meet with God, you meet with God just for who he is. That, I believe, is so important. Second thing is privacy. In Matthew 6, 6, it says oh, the word closet is a Greek word called tamionio, or something similar to that. It sounds like tomato, but it's not. It's T-A-M-E-I-O-N. Tamion, tamion, whatever. And it means a storehouse, a place of privacy, or a secret place. And many of Jesus, when Jesus was teaching this and sharing these words um, in the Sermon on the Mount, many of those listeners would have understood what it meant to have a secret place. Because in many of the Jewish homes or the Israeli homes, there was a an inner room within their home that they used for storing things or uh, a storage closet or a, an area where it was ready for use but it was segregated off from the rest of the house. So many of them would have understood about this thing called a closet or this place of privacy. The secret place for us where we walk in understanding of who God is is our secret place where we close the door and it's just us and God. I I want to encourage you this week. To go away and read Psalm 91 and the promises that are there, and Psalm 103 and the promises are there. (laughs) But just to sit in your hiding place, your secret place, and just thank God for those promises. Just thank Him. You you redeem my life from destruction, you crown me with loving kindness and tender mercies. What, What a great. Way, you know, to just give thanks to the Lord and show our appreciation to Him. And the third thing is this: is having integrity, a place of honesty and openness, a place where we can be truly sincere. Do you know, you know, the, you, the Pharisees, the Pharisees were known for their babbling and their prayers that just went on forever, so that they let, looked good, sounded good, but actually, most people thought, "What are you going on about?" When we're in our closet, our secret place, we can be totally honest before God. Pour out our heart, reveal the secret things of our heart, standing before God with integrity and honesty. God longs for honesty in the hearts of his people, where we will pray, we will commune with him. Do you know what? There isn't one thing that you've ever done that's hidden from God. Not one. There's not one word, there's not one action, there's not one behavior that God does not already know. And when we become hypocritical, coming before God, you know I'm always here. Well, no, you're not. I know you weren't here last week. We're always standing before you. No, you're not. No, come on, let's all be real. God God seeks for those who will be honest before him. I truly believe that. So I want, us to, I want to encourage you, find your secret place this week. There's something that's powerful that comes from knowing that secret place, and that's expectation. When, when you begin to build this as a daily thing, a regular thing in your life, when you begin to head towards your closet, your room, your coffee shop, your sunset, even on a rainy day, whatever it would be, as you head towards that, there comes an expectation that God is already there, waiting for you. Can you did you get that? God is already there because you're drawing near, you're drawing near, and you're drawing near. I trust that is a word into your heart today. There's a couple of things I want to do. I want well. Firstly, I want to pray. And then I'm going to do all all the odds and ends I need to do. And then I'm going to be finished, all right? So I'm going to pray. If you're here today, you may be a visitor. You may have come week in, week out for a number of weeks. But you've never prayed the prayer of salvation. You've never said, God, I want you to come into my life. I believe what you did, what Jesus did at the cross, you did for me. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life or... It was a long time ago, and and you really have not connected with him since. Today, I want you to pray this prayer. We're going to all pray it together, nice and loud, just helping you pray this prayer together. Um, And then at the end of the prayer, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask if you prayed it to pop up your hand and then pop it back down. And there's going to be someone at the back who's going to give you some information. Um, We're not going to embarrass anybody. We just want to give you some information to help you on that journey. All right. Is that good with you? Superb. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you today that I've encountered you, that you are real, that you do love me, that you do have my best at heart. Today, Jesus, I open my heart and I ask you to come in. Forgive my sin, forgive my mistakes, and today, Give me a brand new life. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. While every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer today and you're saying, God, I'm coming back to you or I'm receiving you for the very first time. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. One. Two. Three, if that's you, just pop up your hand right now. Is there anybody in this room? You say, yes, that's me. Anybody at all? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you in this room, Lord, that you've spoken into each and every heart. I thank you, Lord, that the words that have been spoken, I pray, Father, that they would, they would sit and remain on every heart and that we would be mindful of the words that have been spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.